Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, I'm Ed Drew and I'm the director of Faith in Kids and this is the Faith in Parents podcast. Hello, my name's James, and here I am. It's lovely to be with you again. Today we are focusing on the preschool years. So often this is a time I find when parents are most keen to ask the questions, what does it mean to be a Christian parent? What are the resources I need? Uh, They're at their keenest, they're looking the hardest, but it's also anyone who's been near a preschooler and under five knows it's also the chaos and the mess. It is, in one sense, it is an extraordinarily heightened time, isn't it? Because lots, I mean, loads of Christian parents are really keen to read the Bible with their kids and they start out. Yeah. And there are actually a lot of, of children's Bibles and there are loads and loads of, you know, I don't think this world needs any more stories about Noah or Daniel. Um, why aren't there more kids' books on Two Chronicles? That's what I want to know. But um, they're the keenest to do it. But actually, they get the most discouragement because it's so chaotic. Yes. So it's it's something that we kind of really want to think about on this we episode. Do. Yeah. Uh, Plato had it right. You know that the beginning is the most important part of any work, especially in the case of a young and tender thing, for that is the time at which the character is being formed. But King Solomon also had it right in Proverbs twenty two six: Train up children the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Wow, I didn't have you down as quoting Plato. Oh, Jam, I am incredibly highbrow. My goodness. But anyway, we've got the Bible in there, so... We have. That's the main thing. And I did mention last time these statistics from a survey called Mapping Practicing Christians. It was done in the UK in 2017, and amongst those Christians who are practicing their faith, that is, they're going to church, they're reading the Bible, they're praying, 40% said they came to faith before the age of five. So I think probably for the most part, that means they can't remember a time when they weren't Christians. They, they don't remember becoming a Christian just yeah. in, the, in the mists of time as they look back to, their, to growing up. I think this group of people grew up in a Christian home. Jesus Christ was a part of their life. Christianity was a part of their life. And it is now 40% of our yeah. churches. And even uh, fives to tens, which is another 16%, mm. I would imagine the vast majority of those who look back and think, I was raised in a Christian home, but I remember 
you know, making it my own between the ages of five and ten. Um, and you can make it, theologically make of that what you will. Let's not get into the Baptist covenant Crumbs, debate. Jam. You've even said it out loud. Wow, this just escalated. Uh, right, let's let's keep things moving. Then. <laughs> so we're now going to hear the Bible passage being read. So we're so yeah. That's, so we're on day sixteen. We are nailed to a cross. Luke twenty three. And in verses, case you have missed it, and it's possible yeah. you have, yeah, we're taking these from a book called The Wonder of Easter that Faith and Kids has produced. That Ed has is too modest to say oh, he's written. Shucks, Jan. yeah. So you can get hold of it via the Good Book Company. You can or Amazon. Have a look in the show notes for links to that. So of the thirty four days, thirty four studies. 34 family Bible times. Starting on Ash Wednesday. Yes. But you can start whenever you like. Which is the day after Pancake Day. Yes, that's right. To give it its liturgical name. That's right. Yeah. And we are now working in these podcasts through the key stories. That is the 15 stories that I've picked out as, if you don't have time for the others, just stick with these. And this will get you through to Easter, thrilling your children with the wonder of Easter. Yeah. So we're up to day 16 that's the passage we're going to hear read. And then uh, I did this with a pair of twins I know well who are four, my own son Josh who is four and my son Tom who is eight. So I've tried to put together about as chaotic a group as I can of preschoolers with Tom as my only ally to see what it looks like. Tom's an ally, that's it, great. I, it, I, I have to be honest, he did brilliant. Oh, great, Wing, he, wingman. He sat there wonderfully, yeah. knowing that his dad was in a really tight spot. Wow. He did all he could to help me out. That's really good. Well, um, or, or does he? You be the judge. Let's have a listen. <laughs> Reading first, uh, then that. And then um, we're going to have a little chat with the mum. We are. And should we play that straight afterwards? Yes. Yes, and then we'll, we'll be back in a, in, a, in a little while. Speak to you on the other side. Our reading is from Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 34. There were also two criminals led out with Jesus to be killed. Jesus and the two criminals were taken to a place called the Skull. There the soldiers nailed Jesus to his cross. They also nailed the criminals to their crosses, one beside Jesus on the right and the other beside Jesus on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The soldiers threw lots to decide who would get his clothes. Now, this is what's going to happen. Tom is going to sit down here. And as I go through the story, he is going to turn the pages in the picture Bible. And me. So we can see what's happening. And then when we have done... Daddy, can I read the Bible? And then when we have done that... Daddy, can I read the Bible? In a moment, there's only one page to turn, so you can point to the right picture, Tom. Are you ready? Here we go. Now, as I read this, this is the time when... I'm talking, so you're not. This is the time when Jesus was put on a cross. And what I would love to do... Jesus? Is while I read it... I would love you to look out for what happened to Jesus. Are you listening? Looking at the pictures, hold it up, Tom. Here we go. Ready? There were also two criminals who were led out with Jesus. Leave him there for the moment. Here's a soldier. I'm just going to leave him here. There were two criminals led out with Jesus to be killed. They were taken to a place 
called the skull. Do you think, Erin, that you could put this criminal underneath this cross? Okay. Can you do that? Josh, can you put this criminal underneath this cross? And Caleb, can you put this criminal underneath the middle one? You're going to put this one at the bottom of this one. Okay, that's it. You're going to put him here. This is Jesus. That's it. You put Jesus just here. Perfect. He died on the cross. There, the soldiers nailed them to the cross. She can't go there because she, 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 she's up high. Okay, can you lift up your criminal onto the cross, John? Are you ready? No, on here. We're going to put him here. Can you hold him there for me? Can you hold him there? I'm going to sellotape him on. There we go. Wait, that No, this is one of the criminals. We've got another one here. Caleb, it's your turn soon. It's your turn soon. There we go. On he goes. That's one of the criminals. Now, Caleb, will you hold Jesus onto his cross? That's it. Good boy. Will you hold him there? Josh, mind out. It'll fall over. That's it. Let's sellotape him onto his cross. That's it. Okay, Caleb. Do you see where I put him? Do you see where I put him, Caleb? Yeah. Okay, now you hold it, you leave him there and he'll stay up. Okay. So, do you remember, Erin, yeah. who is this? Um, Dave. I said he is a criminal, which means he'd done things wrong. Josh, do you remember who you've got here? Don't touch it, it'll fall over. Who's this on here? I don't know. I said he was a criminal. Caleb, you've got the great answer. Who is this one on the middle one? Jesus. Jesus, that's right. That's Jesus. Don't touch it, Josh. It's staying up. It will stay. Can I read a bit of what happened next? That I thought I was doing the Bible. I'm reading it. You're listening and I've got questions for you. They also nailed the criminals to their crosses. Caleb, do you see? One on here, one beside Jesus on the right and one beside Jesus on the left. Jesus said, Caleb, will you pick up the soldier? Will you pick up the soldier? Will you put him underneath Jesus' cross? Which one is that? Good boy. Listen carefully to what Jesus said. You want to hold this Bible. I'm going to let you hold that one there. You hold it still so we can see what's happening. Okay. Jesus said he prayed a prayer. He prayed a prayer. Listen to his prayer. Dear Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. You hold it here. Got it? I'm just going to read that last bit again. Jesus prayed a prayer. Dear Father, please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, I've got a question for each of you. Are you ready? Caleb, in this story, did you spot one thing that happened to Jesus? No. What happened to Jesus in this story? He died. He died. Thank you very much. Erin, can you think of something else that happened to Jesus in this story? I've got a song about... Jesus died on the cross. You've got a song? Yes, it's Daddy's. How does it go? 
It's a long song. It's a long song. It, it keeps going round the same words again. Brilliant. Now, Caleb has remembered that Jesus died on the cross. Can you remember anything else that happened to him in the story? Um, Do you know who took him there? Who was this man here? A soldier. Well done. Josh, you've done it. Can you remember, Josh, can you remember who these two men were who were put next to him? Do you remember who they were? No, I can light a candle. You can. Do you remember who they are, Josh? Criminals. That's a hard word to say. Now, do you remember what Jesus prayed? He prayed. That's okay. He said, Caleb, he said, Dear Father, please forgive him. Now, I only have one question for each of us. Caleb, here is your question. Where did they put Jesus to die? On the cross. On the cross. Thank you very much. Josh, my question for you is, who was it who put him there? I want to kiss him. Oh, I want to kiss him. Who was it that put him there? A soldier. Thank you very much. And Erin, your last question is... When Jesus said, please forgive them, was he loving the soldiers or hating the soldiers? Hating the soldiers. You see, that's what I would have thought he would have done, because they really hurt him. But he said, dear father, please forgive him. So, Caleb, do you think he was hating the soldiers or loving the soldiers? Loving He was loving the soldiers. So we say a prayer. Shall we say a prayer, Josh? Will you come and sit with me? Thank you, God, for Jesus and died on the fourth armor. Amen. Debbie, do you have a go at doing Bible times with... Caleb and Erin? Yeah, it's variable. So sometimes they'll sit and listen, other times they'll want to play or be reading one of their other stories. Um, I do what you do, so I'll do the story and then ask some questions and I'll come up with really random answers, so I find that quite frustrating. Hmm. And praying's quite difficult because, um, yeah, they'll start talking over each other or want to be the one that prays first or start praying about stuff that we weren't reading in the, in the Bible. But other times they ask they ask to read the Bible, so that's good. And they do remember stuff, hmm. so it's bearable. What do you, when you say you get frustrated, in those moments, perhaps or, or later, when you reflect on it, or when you try and do it again the next day, yeah. what is it you say to yourself? What is it that makes you do it again the next day? That it's just really important for me that... They know God, I guess. And that they want to hear about him and learn about him. And that that they understand that he's different or more important than, you know, Sky and all the other stories they want to read. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, it needs to be... just it needs to be... reinforced, I guess. That's the story that we need to keep coming back to and that they want to hear it, that they want to hear it and that they understand and that they're learning. 
Mm. Are there encouragements? They are. When they remember stuff, when they recall things, or when, you know, this morning I'm pretending to take Caleb's head off, and Mummy said, Erin uh, said, don't be silly, Mummy, God, God made Caleb strong, and he, and, or when Caleb will say, um, but God is better than Father Christmas. You know, so there, there are encourage, there are encouragements. And Erin told my sister this afternoon that she loved God more than she loved um, Sky. That's good. So, yeah, yeah. When they when they recall stuff, or when they when they ask to read the Bible, even if it's a bed delaying tactic. Uh, how all of us as parents are making it up as we go along. How how do you work out what to do? How do you work out what to try harder with? How do you work out what to give up on? How do you work this out? Yeah, I, I haven't, see, that's when I ask you. I don't think I have. I mean, I guess some things work sometimes. You think we'll try that again. But, um, I mean, praying at night and the behaviour when they're praying at night, I still haven't worked out. I still, I don't know whether to stop the prayers, to um, just pray louder, to... You know, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I have. But the fact that you see God seeping in to normal conversation, there's an encouragement there, isn't it? That yeah, yeah, that something's going. We're moving. Yeah, that's true. Debbie, if um, if we thought some other parents of preschoolers were listening to this, I'm not for a moment pretending you're a worldwide authority on this. But is there a message you feel you've picked up for the last in the last four years? Um, I guess just keep going because, like you said, you know, you go and you go and you think nothing's going in. This is ridiculous, and then they start coming out with things. You think, wow, how did they remember that? Or you come back to a story and they tell you what's going to happen, or you see them talking to another child and telling them about God. And so, actually, just to keep going and also to make it part of the routine, so that it's something you just do consistently, no matter no matter how they're behaving, what's going on, what else has happened in the day, that it's just really consistent. So, Ed, how did that study go? Well, it was chaos. Right. And uh, I actually found that the chat with Debbie after was encouraging because we both just agreed this is normal. Okay. You know, I I thought I'd been really smart by getting out some... uh, I had three wooden crosses that were sort of kindling sticks, sellotaped together, stuck in bits of plasticine. I had four little Lego men. In fact, my daughter came back from school and asked why Jesus on the middle cross was a black woman. And, right. I, and I just said, look... I don't have an answer for you. I, I don't, I don't. I, I just, and and uh, the fourth character was a soldier. So we sellotaped three Lego men yeah. to crucifixes, which okay. even saying that out loud already sounds peculiar. Uh, and so the challenge was was um, PJ mask toys were, right. were all around these children, so trying to thrill them with the story of Jesus Christ more than they wanted to fiddle with PJ mask toys was yeah. my first challenge. I have no idea what those toys are. Well, I'm not even sure. Okay. I, I, so what do we learn from that? Do we think we need to probably help the kids with by clearing away some distractions? Yeah, I I think with preschoolers you do want to clear away distractions. We were sat on the floor, right? Uh, because you can't. Uh, you just need to find a place to function. Mm. Uh, I think you need at very least pictures. Right. And preferably something to move around, to experience the story with. Right. Uh, People ask me about our book, The Wonder of Easter. Would this work with preschoolers? Yeah. 
I think if I'm honest, and I'm going to be honest, I think although we have questions in here for three and four year olds, if all of your children are under four, I think that is a challenge. Yeah. So this book doesn't have many pictures in it. It doesn't have much illustration. We have given some ideas of how to bring the story. Yeah. To life, physical, you exactly. Know, like bits of pasta and all. So that I, I think if you have preschoolers, you're going to have to do some extra work. Yeah. You're going to have to work out how we're going to live this story. How we're going to move around, and and I think you're looking for the experience of the story with just one or two questions. Yeah. So you'll certainly have heard in there. I don't really get much beyond what happened to Jesus, and did you hear what he prayed for the soldiers? Yeah. And then your chat with um with Debbie afterwards. I thought it I thought it was really helpful. Uh I thought it was helpful to be reminded that uh there is this thing with preschoolers that you are aware you are putting down foundations. Hmm. And the nature of any foundation is you can't see it. Yeah. Uh in fact, uh often a building site looks significantly worse after the foundations have gone <laughs> in. The mud has been churned up. <laughs> You can't see yeah. anything. There everyone, are diggers. Yeah, yeah, everyone is up to their knees now in mud. And there's piles of soil and mud yeah. and everything. And yeah. that is the story of a preschool situation. Yeah. You, your house is a, is chaos. You're, you're permanently often up to your knees in mud. Mm. Uh, and Debbie was just saying there are occasionally just those moments when they tell you something back of what they have heard or learnt. They can remember something they have thought about. They've connected it to some other aspect of their life. And you hold out for those moments, which which tell you this business of putting down invisible foundations where you're getting little back is worth the stress and the chaos. And it's also these podcasts are about that formal sat down 10 minute Bible time those with preschoolers know that the questions never stop it's happening all the time Mm. they are constantly working out who is that why is that why are you doing this why are we going there and that is them building their framework their worldview how do i see the world and i mentioned this statistic this uh child development uh understanding that their moral framework who do they trust who do they understand what is true what is a lie that is done by the age of nine right so that's why those years are so important. And we know that. Yeah. We see that. I mean, you were saying there that you, you know, you get those little moments back where you realise that something has gone in. Yes. And again, it's just, you know, we need to persevere and do this because uh, although the moments are small, yeah. as it were, yeah. if you don't do this with your kids at all, there will be zero yeah. moments. They won't suddenly, they, they won't receive divine knowledge um, on their own, as it were. Um, you do need to get the Bible out and for the Spirit to do his work. Of course, the Spirit can do whatever he likes, but um, this is the normal way in which people are raised in the faith, and it is hard. Um, can I finish, down with my favourite story? Please do. Of preschool inspiration. Uh, you may know of the statue of Eros in Piccadilly Circus. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you really know your stuff, it's a statue of Anteros, right. which is the god of other person love. Uh, you may know that that is at the end of Shaftesbury Avenue. So the statue of Eros was erected by public subscription. That is the common folk of London put money in the hat to celebrate the life of the seventh Lord Shaftesbury when he died. And Shaftesbury Avenue is what he was behind because he said, we will not have people in London living in slums. His life is one of 
put it uh, loving the little guy. It was because of him that children weren't sent up chimneys. It was because of him that children weren't sent down mines. It was because of him that children didn't work in factories. It was because of him that poor folk could get to go to school. He was the one behind the first state schools. And he said, I do not think there is an hour of my life that has not been influenced by the thought of Jesus Christ's return. He was an overt Christian. He lived his life. He fought in government for Jesus Christ, worked out in the lives of the young. He wrote on every envelope on the back, come Lord Jesus, the last words of the Bible. So the question then comes, how did this man become the Goliath of Christianity, the giant of Christianity that he was? And the answer is, his parents weren't Christians. His family weren't Christians. In fact, his dad didn't speak to him for large chunks of his life because he so looked after the estate farmers that the estate's profits plummeted. The answer is, he was sat on the knee of his Christian nanny. He had a Christian nanny and history has lost her name. We have no idea who she was her name, where she lived, what she talked to him about, but we know she was a Christian. Mm. She told Anthony Lord Shaftesbury when he was a baby the things of Jesus Christ. And as a preschooler, he heard of Christ. And it totally transformed his life. I'm absolutely certain if you'd asked that nanny, how's the discipleship going here then? Yeah. How much is going in? What do you see of the evidence of your, yeah. of your little ministry? I'm sure she'd say... No idea. I'm mostly, Not great. I'm mostly clearing up the mess from underneath his high chair. Yeah. Uh, that is the power of preschool ministry. It transforms lives, and in his case, it transformed the country. Well, we can't top that, so we're not going to. Send us an email, podcast at faithinkids.org. Find out more about the ministry of Faith in Kids and also consider giving to the ministry as well. That would be really good. So Ed can be freed up to go to places and give talks and run training sessions for Sunday schools and, and um, youth leaders and all that kind of stuff and we as well. Would, uh, we are looking into, uh, can we employ a third person? Yeah particularly to be writing resources. I think that's the greatest need, exactly like the wonder of Easter that we've got out. We'd love to be producing more resources for families and churches. And uh, more people means more resources. Great. So get stuck in. There are ways to give and donate on the website. So please do that. And if you do do that, get in touch and say that you came to it maybe via the podcast so we know if the podcast is actually helping. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And in fact, you can hear, we get to the end, we pray, and then I really realise I haven't asked Tom anything. Right. Oh, bless Tom. He's been sat there the whole time. He knows his dad's in chaos, and he's, been, uh, he's okay when he didn't get asked any questions.